everybody and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you an edge on Kajabi. I'm your host Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience and today I'm joined by my friend Dave Turnier, creator and founder of Country of the Week. How's it going Dave? Uh, it's going really, really well, Jared. Thank you for asking. Yeah, it's going great. Awesome. Well, country of the week, uh, what is your elevator pitch? Tell us what it's all about. And uh, I know, <laughs> don't cringe yet. Like we'll give you 30 seconds or less. <laughs> oh, elevator pitches. I was always so awful at these. Uh, <laughs> you know, country of the week is simply an online educational program for uh, children, pardon me, for families with young children ages five to 10 who simply want to share a little something about every country in the world for 200 straight weeks, basically. So take four years and give your children the gift of what's out there in the world on a country by country basis. So that's essentially what country of the week is. That's amazing. Four years of content you have. How yeah, long did it, that take? Yeah, it, it's it's quite something to chew on. It's it's a big bite to take. But uh, you know, I've I've had some people say, Dave, can we do you know, can we maybe do a country every two weeks or maybe one or two countries a month? And I'm like, you know what? But kind of defeat the purpose of dripping even just a tiny nugget to you about every country because uh, you know, in, in our program, we've we've got 200 countries, so it, it does take some time. But uh, you know, it's also about habit and routine and becoming a part of somebody's life in a way that uh, that maybe impacts how they see the world for not only a couple of moments, but maybe a couple of years or maybe even a lifetime. So yeah, well, tell us about where this all started. I kind of know the story here, but like this is I know that it's really interesting. So like, how did this happen? Yeah, I mean, the the short version and and stop me because I'm a storyteller. Uh, the, the short version is uh, a number of years ago, it just after just struggling with some of the news headlines that were out there and so on and so forth. I, I said to my wife, I said, Look, I, I think I, I think I want to teach our daughters something about every country in the world, one country at a time. I, I, I don't want our girls to grow up learning about what the world is like from just news headlines when they get to be that age. And, and our girls were five and seven at the time. So we just started up this in-house weekly routine where I'd you know make a little profile sheet for the country of France. That's the first one. And it would get put up on the wall beside our world map. And for that week, we would, I mean, as able, we're a busy family household too, but as we were able, we would just you know find YouTube videos about France or what have you. And, and, uh, and as the weeks and months went on, I started creating little activity sheets for them. And then people started asking about it. They're like, Hey, like, what are you doing? Like, this is really fascinating what you're doing. And so at at one point I realized, okay, maybe, maybe this is something I can actually share with the world in a meaningful way. So as to not only have impact on our children, but maybe we can multiply that impact by many children, you know, around the world. And so that is ultimately what led to, you know, country of the week coming to life as you know it. Well, before we get there, how, how many dad of the year awards did you win? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if, if Facebook is any indication, I think I won a lot because there were right. a lot of comments saying, you know, holy dad, of the year. but you know, it was, I mean, I mean, honestly, this, uh, and I know you weren't going there, but this was just me scratching my own itch. This was just, I mean, not only was it a, was it a value to the girls, but it also was endlessly fascinating for me as a father. I mean, I had a large world map up in a previous home that I owned before my wife and I got together. 
And uh, I don't know, you just, you, you look at the news in a different way. If you can, you know, then, you know, look on a wall and see where places are relative to one another and having an understanding of just that basic geography, not in any formally trained sense, but just, I, I knew the value that it brought to my life. And so, you know, I mean, I, I say this was all built for my kids. I mean, maybe in an underlying fashion, this was built for me as well. <laughs> But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's become something our, our whole family just, you know, it, it's a real part of our home life now. Yeah. Did, did you have a fascination with geography that kind of led you into this or? You know, not in school particularly. No. I mean, I was born in the Netherlands and moved to Canada when I was just four weeks old. My, my father's from Canada and my mom is from the Netherlands. So I suppose you could say there was always that, you know, kind of international element to my life. And I, I was very fortunate, you know, my parents, uh, you know, by no means uh, were they affluent uh, at all, but, you know, they they always put aside just enough so that we could always see the family in the Netherlands every four or five years of our life. That was always a really important priority for them. And so I suppose I had some exposure to the greater world in a sense that I was always curious about it because there's so many cool places out there. And I would be remiss to, if I didn't mention that there is a part of me that always wishes I would have done what my father did. And that was, you know, my father, who's now in his mid seventies, uh, when he was in his twenties, he hitchhiked France for seven years. And there's always been a part of me that's going, God, I, I wish I would have done that because obviously he, he got out and saw a lot of other countries as well. Right. And so, I, I mean, I guess, I guess my interest comes from those couple of things. Yeah. I think another thing is, it's very, I don't know if this is the right word, but how humanizing this is like it inspires empathy. Like mm-hmm. when you know something about the people, like even if it's something as simple as like what's grown in that country or like, you know, knowing something about it just brings what I think a lot of us see, you know, we see something on the news or we see something as you, as you are saying, like, and, and that is our whole worldview of whatever that country Mm -hmm. is. And the reality of it is, is there's so much more to, you know, no matter where you point on the map. So much more. Yeah. I mean, if I can add a little bit to that, you know, I I, occasionally felt from some people sometimes that, you know, oh, Dave, are, are you trying to make a place look greater than it is? And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to show everybody what's really cool about a place because every place has that. I don't care what you've learned from whatever your source might be. There's no such thing as a country being an awful place. Yeah. Carte blanche. That doesn't exist, even though I think a lot of I think a lot of people struggle to live their lives in a way where they have space for anything but that. Yeah. So I mean, I just, you know, I I, I really wanted to encourage my my girls to, I mean, you mentioned the word empathy, you know, a tolerance a curiosity for what's out there as opposed to being scared of what's out there. Yeah. Because I think the latter has taken hold of a lot of people. So, you know, I, I hope that what I'm doing with, with my family and, and then with the families who participate in our program, I hope this maybe serves as a bit of an antidote to that, particularly before the news of the world really starts crashing down on young people. I mean, you know, uh, uh, you know, our kids, our girls were five and seven when we started this. Do they follow the news? Of course not. But I'm, I'm building up a buffer for them, I suppose, a baseline understanding of the world before they start hearing all of these other things, if that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I love it. Well, I'd love to kind of talk a little bit about like this started out as a little bit of a personal passion project, if you will, worked its way into something to where, you know, you started receiving some attention around it. I guess to start out, like what was happening for you before this? Like, how are you putting food on the table? Yeah. I mean, I have been self-employed for, you know, over a decade. I worked in the entertainment space. I was in the wedding industry and 
and specialized in in emceeing weddings to a I guess a, a, a uniquely personalized and a uniquely high standard. And then I would DJ them as well, unless I was working with a band or something like that. So my heart has always been in not only storytelling, but helping people connect with story and connect with one another. That was always my unique approach to the special events that I was a part of, be it weddings or, or even be it corporate. And in some respect, I guess I look at this as a bit of an extension of that. I'm bringing my love of connecting people to ideas and stories in a way that's more global in a sense, in a way that's maybe more, I don't want to say more impactful, but just it's in a much broader scope, if that makes sense. So, so that was my background. I always enjoyed working for myself, even though, you know, um, you know, when you're everybody in the, in the business, you know, you you can't get mad at anybody but yourself. Uh, You know, there's, there's always days where you wish you could just go to the nine to five at some point, but I always enjoyed uh, the challenge of, of doing things for myself. But at the same time, I always have said to everybody in in that industry, in the special events world that, you know, that was only going to be one chapter of my life. And the reason for that was because no part of me can fathom the idea of just doing one thing for my whole life. I know that's, that's a story for some, but it's just, I knew it was never going to be my story. There are too many things out there that I find really, really, really interesting. So to not go and pursue, you know, many things in my life, you know, I I think would have just been a disservice to who I am. So, (laughs) yeah, well, let's go back to, you know, kind of our, our dad of the year, uh, conversation there. You're, you're, (laughs) you're getting comments on Facebook. You're starting to see, um, a broad interest. Like, uh, let's, let's talk about kind of the journey from, Hey, I've got an idea for my family to, I've got an idea that's relevant to the rest of the world, if you will. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was essentially born out of, I mean, you know, the comments on Facebook would be, you know, very supportive and, you know, and some people would say, this is so cool, Dave, like you're giving your girl such an incredible lifelong gift through this. We're going to do this too. And I would say you should like, we're having, we're having an absolute blast with it. Not only are, is it creating incredible family time with us for our girls, but my wife and I are also learning a lot of things about the world we had no idea about, you know, but inevitably the conversation always ended, be it weeks or months later when I'd follow up with the person where they didn't do it. Why? because there's too much work, right? Parents don't need one more, generally, parents don't need one more thing to create and nurture and research for, I mean, life is busy, right? So it was, it was sometime after that, I, and maybe, maybe some people who are listening are saying, well, Dave, God, he was awfully slow, wasn't he? Well, I'll tell you what, my wife would agree with you because it took me a while before I realized, well, wait a second, I've already done the work. I just need to find some way to you know, box it up. Is not quite the word, quite the right word, but I need to just find some, Packaging. yeah, I need to find some way that I can deliver it to people in a way that makes it easy as possible for them because not everybody's as crazy as you, Dave. Not everybody is going to dedicate hours and hours every week because maybe they'd love to, but maybe they just can't. So that led me to searching for some manner in which I could build something that would make it as easy as possible and as enjoyable an experience as possible for those who maybe wanted to engage with the program in their own household. And and that's what led me to ultimately creating Country of the Week as as what it exists as today. Okay. Well, this is something I don't know um, the answer to. How did you find Kajabi? How did I find it? That's a pretty easy answer. Um, I jumped online, did some looking for, you know, uh, various platforms that might be able to host it. And then as I sometimes do, I simply geeked out and I opened up a spreadsheet and I created a list of all of the features that I would want were I the end user and as the business owner. What type of interaction would I have? How would I want this experience to look like on on my side of things and on the family side of things? And so I had a long list of features and I then 
just, you know, I, I think there were four different platforms that I kind of shortlisted. And then I basically went down the list and put check marks next to, you know, in the appropriate columns. Okay. You know, platform A, you know, it checks off this one, this one, this one, uh, not this one, not this one, not this one. And then I simply went with the, whatever one had the most check marks. Uh, it, it, was, it was literally like that. I mean, it was probably a spreadsheet with, I mean, I don't know. I, I got, I got a little granular, but it probably had 65 to 70, maybe different features and different, different modes of functionality that I knew I would want. Um, now, did anyone have every single one of them? No, of course not. I had to get creative on a few, but that's how I ultimately made the decision. I mean, it was just logically driven, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So I, I assume this is, it's fair to say coming from kind of the wedding and entertainment industry, course mm-hmm. building, or uh, however you would like to categorize. I don't know if you consider this a course. Uh, what, what do you consider it? First of all, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Labeling as a course has always been something I do struggle with a little bit. It, it's, I mean, a program, okay. I know that might sound similar to a lot of people, but I think it's different. You know, a course often feels like it has, you know, uh, not necessarily pass, pass fail type of things, but I think a program maybe in my case sounds a little less structured. Maybe a course sounds super structured. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I, I'll maybe just say to qualify that comment is what we've built is very organic in a way where there's not a set checklist of things people have to do every week. You know, we simply provide the seeds every week for them to explore a country. And then they, of course, go down the rabbit hole as far as they want. So I guess it's keeping that in mind that I struggle with the descriptor of a course, but program, family project. I use the word project a lot. Okay. Yeah. So pro- project, program, course, <laughs> however we want to encapsulate it. Uh, yeah. is it. Is it fair to say that like this was not like this was not your expertise or necessarily your bread and butter doing this? No, no, no. Far from it. Far from it. I mean, I like generally organizing things and projects. I mean, I do a fair bit of organizing and management when it comes to the the events that I was a part of. But no, as far as being doing anything in the education space, I mean, a lot of people have said, oh gosh, you know, you probably wanted to be a teacher. Hey, and I'm like, no, it never, it's never actually crossed my mind. This is not, <laughs> this is not something that I, that I do per se. So all of this has been very new to me. Um, I certainly had some experience in some basic web design and, and that element of things. So I didn't have to learn that. Um, now there was certainly a learning curve to Kajabi. And I mean, we can speak to, to some of that if you want, but yeah, I don't have an experience in the course side of things per se. No. <laughs> well, th- no, th- that's great because I think that there are the, the majority of, of our listeners or maybe our target listeners probably are going to be in a similar boat. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us have ideas. A lot of us, uh, all of us have some type of expertise to share with the world. But like this is the step where it turns into, you know, where idea needs to translate into something that we can actually provide as a deliverable, a course, a package, a program, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So let's talk about like what that journey was for you. Like what were the hurdles? What were the struggles of like of actually taking this idea and packaging it? I mean, the first one is just getting over the 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 format of how to build things. I mean, every you know, all the different companies I looked at, they obviously all have a completely different approach to building a let's use the word course for for, sure. for lack of a better term right now. But uh, you know, the, the biggest struggle I think was at least off the start was rather than being frozen by just what looks like a really, really, really big thing to learn how to work with, just start with one detail, learn how one side of things work and dig around, click everywhere, figure out what things do. And uh, I mean, it's uh, I, I, I wish I knew the whole story, but there's, there's a saying out there, much a duck, I killed the elephant. And it's got to do with, you know, look, you know, and, and an elephant may be a, a really big thing to take on, but one piece at a time, it's just a whole bunch of 
of little things. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, if I could impress upon anything to anybody just starting out in this, you know, there's no such thing as one big thing. It's just a bunch of tiny little things. So one ship at a time, one block at a time, you know, figure it out and, and, uh, and go from there. I mean, that's, that's really where people have to start. Yeah. That, that's great. And I guess like for you, did country of the week start out as 200 countries or what was kind of your initial vision of? <laughs> God, no, God, no. I mean, actually maybe to underscore that point precisely, I will say the girls and I are not yet complete. So we are still one block at a time building this in real time. You know, the girls and I, we passed the 150 country milestone uh, about a month and a half ago, which was really exciting in this household because every, every 50 is a big milestone. We, we celebrate that and, you know, buy the girls a couple little things and, and we really make sure to acknowledge it as an achievement in the house here. But no, I mean, when I stood, I mean, I had no idea that this would become something I would do to 200. I mean, I just started it out. And in fact, when we started it out as an at-home project, because I wasn't looking at things from a 30,000 foot perspective, so to speak, I was actually making some mistakes. Uh, you know, we like, we did the first country we did was France and then we did, and then we did uh, Singapore and so on and so forth. And 30-ish countries in, I realized that I've made a grave error in that we had done, you know, a, a percentage of South America that was greater than the percentage of Asia we had done, for example, right? And so I had to actually kind of rework the entire order of countries for country of what exists now on the website so that people were moved around the globe in an equitable fashion. So that, you know, when you're done 50% of the European countries, you're done 50% of the African countries, you're done 50% of the South American countries, that type of thing. So, so no, it's, uh, I mean, we are still, you know, biting this off one block at a time, one piece at a time. And uh, I think if you had told me at the outset, okay, Dave, you're going to create 200 countries worth of country profile sheets and, you know, flag coloring sheets and puzzles and all that sort of stuff, I would have gone like, like you're insane. But I, I guess because of the, um, uh, the naivete uh, that, you know, look, you're just going to create one country this week, Dave, that's all you're going to do. Sure. And then next week, you're just going to create one more country. I mean, may- maybe that in, a, in and of itself is a great example for how you should approach building any course. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I can definitely relate to that uh, internally at the beginning of the pandemic when we went from in office to everyone working from home, I needed to figure out quickly, how do I stay in touch and communicate with my team? And so I just said, hey, I'm going to do just a little video update. Um, I'm going to start talking to the team, give them something other than a Slack message to, you know, to engage with. I thought I'd be doing it for, you know, maybe three, four weeks. Uh, <laughs> here we are a year and a half, almost two years later. And <laughs> I, I'm up to the, you know, getting close to the hundred mark, if you will. So wow. <laughs> definitely resonates um, with what, yeah, with you, what you're you, saying. You just have to start, right? Stop yeah. thinking about the big thing it might be. You just have to start. Yeah. Well, let's talk about like, what was the start of actually taking this to market? Like you've got the idea, you've decided to turn this into a course. How did you get the audience? How did we have this actually become a, a product, yeah. if you will? Yeah. So that, I mean, the world works in mysterious ways. And I say that in the context of, of your question, um, Jared, because I had been spending, I'd been spending months building the website and the infrastructure on Kajabi. And, you know, at some point I just had to pick a date when I was going to go live, right? I'm like, okay, you know, feet to the flame, Dave, you just got to do this. So, so I picked a date and uh, I, I, you know, I publicly announced it on my country of the week, Facebook page and to, you know, my personal, my personal friends and followers on my personal page. And, you know, I'm like, all right, it's out there to the world. You got to stick with it now. Well, little did I know that the date that I picked, which was the very end of February, 2020 would also be two and a bit weeks before the world changed as we know it. So, you know, on my side of things, as has been mentioned, 
mentioned, I worked in the special events world up until that point. And, and I still do some work in that field. But in a matter of two weeks, all of a sudden, my entire, you know, three, four, five months ahead of after I launched this were now wide open. I didn't have events. I didn't have this. So it created an interesting moment where I had just launched this program that I had intended to just let it float. You know, I, I have this other full-time thing. I'm just going to let this kind of do its thing. We'll see where it goes over the next 12, 15, 18 months, whatever. Well, then COVID-19 came knocking on our door. So at the outset, I, you know, my wife and I ended up just, you know, making a, a commitment to self-supporting the project for a couple of months longer. So we just made it wide open and free to any, because I mean, I'm sure, you know, there were many people at, at Kajabi and, and many of our family and friends, right? We saw people scrambling going, oh my God, my kids are at home. What do I do with them? Right. Yeah. Everybody was looking for something. So we made it available to people. Just, we were, it was like, go use it. Like, I don't remember what the specific, what the arrangement was, but you know, if you like it after a couple of months, then we'll send you a link. You can sign up here, but you don't have to like whatever. And then, I mean, everything just kind of rolled and turned and tips upside down. So family routines now were completely off compared to where they were pre pandemics. So any thoughts I had about how I would message this to people, how I would communicate what this might be to people was kind of thrown out the window. And it's been something that I'm sure many can relate that I've struggled a little bit with how to, how to get the traction going on that. I mean, you know, I had initially launched it in, in, at the end of February because I was thinking I'll see how it goes over the summer and then I'll come up, I'll formulate a plan to really give this a good marketing push in the fall because in the fall, at least here in North America and the Northern Hemisphere is when school starts. So that's when all of our new family routines kick in again after the summer, right? This is when karate starts. This is when, you know, piano lessons start. So maybe this is when country of the week would start for a lot of people, right? Well, of course, come the fall, we all know what happened, right? School was, I mean, people didn't have time to think about one other thing. So that's something that, yeah, has been a challenge. But, you know, as as you know, from a previous conversation, we can talk about this, you know, something really special did end up happening with the local province here related to country of the week that kind of transformed a lot of my world. <laughs> yeah, let, let's let's talk about that, because I think that's key to the story. Yeah, it's um, I mean, basically, I a friend, a dear friend encouraged me to get a bit of a press release written up about it to have just local media and newspapers here publish about. And that is something that I'll be honest, I, I, I didn't think much would come of it. But I'm a changed man. A hundred percent. If anybody is listening here and they they think press release, what? Have somebody who has a little bit of media experience help you put together a press release. It's a one page thing and send it out to some local media, some local newspapers, radio, whatever it might be, because you never know what they might want to do a story on. Sure, it's probably a, a for-profit company that you set up, but if it's unique and interesting enough and has some degree of originality to it that makes it newsworthy, you'd be surprised who might pick it up. And this is what happened with me. The very morning that a newspaper article was published, I ended up receiving a, a, a phone call from, from the province of Manitoba. And long story short, they ended up, uh, they basically ended up providing me with a grant to make country of the week available for free for all Manitobans for a period of just over three months as part of a safe at home program that they had put together where they wanted to supply uh, products and services for free to Manitobans to help facilitate the uncomfort of a really, really stringent lockdown we went through. And that was just, uh, I mean, a boost to my new little startup in ways that I can't describe. Not only was the funding, uh, you know, greatly appreciated, but all of a sudden, every bit of media wanted to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. 
What a problem to have, huh? Oh my God. It, it was, it was just, it was so wild. Had I let my belief that a press release was a waste of time. And, and let me tell you, I'll bet you we spent 20 to 30 hours agonizing over every word of this darn press release. Had I let my idea that this was a waste of time prevail, none of that would have ever happened. And it's okay to question yourself. It's okay to have pretty firm thoughts on things. But you know, it was just one of those many moments in my life that proved to me that anything that I believe, if I believe it too strongly, I may be starting to lose sight of what other truths might be out there that might, God forbid, be contradictory to what I believe. And I mean, we, we could go into a whole broader conversation about <laughs> sure. what that's all about right now. But but in my case, I mean, it really, long story short, over 600 Manitobans ended up signing up through that Safe at Home program. And and I mean, of course, I, I you know, I assume most of them would just do the free and then that would be it, right? But, you know, I think I've had between 10 and 12% of them convert into paid memberships and, and not just month to month, but annual memberships. And, and the feedback we've gotten from those families on just the role that Country of the Week is now playing in their everyday lives as a family. I mean, I mean it's just been extraordinary. So yeah, it was it was really something. And that's uh, certainly a critical part of the path that I've, I've been on. I love it. So you've got your kind of, uh, just call it a, your spark. Like you, you, yeah. you now have a little bit of momentum, maybe even a little bit more than a spark. But uh, naturally, I think that for most people, like they, you know, that's the, that's the catalyst that drives you and propels you forward. What did kind of the next steps beyond that look like? Uh, now that you've seen a little bit of success, what happened next? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it really carried on for more than just the three months because obviously, you know, those who signed up at the very end of the of the three and a half or so month promotion, you know, their 90 days started then. So it was really a six month journey, a uh, bit of a roller coaster. You know, I think this is one of the greatest things that came out of it where it taught me a lot about what country of the week will look like when it really scales big. You know, what does dealing with a whole lot of customers on the back end look like? You know, what do all those interactions look like? How can you modify and tweak little processes and little automations? I mean, you know, I rapidly learned that I did not have enough automations running things in the back end. I mean, I probably went from, you know, 30 or 40 automations running everything to, you know, probably, you know, 120 to 140 now, which just for my small little business to me sounds like an extraordinarily large amount, but it was just an incredible way to test drive a lot of things in a very, very quick, short period of time. And I think it really accelerated my learning and, and how to manage country of the week as it scales over time. I'm not in any urgent hurry to scale it uh, because I do have some event work still going on, but it was just, it was so valuable. So the, 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 the time coming out from that was really taking all those lessons learned. And, uh, you know, once everything quieted down a bit, I was able to, you know, get in and implement some new things and change some things around. And, and now for me, really and truly, it's, it's going back to what made my event company so successful. And that was word of mouth. And it was because of how I engaged the people who I worked with and the stories I was able to tell with them. So now my focus is on, you know, how do I engage with those who are currently enjoying country of the week? And how do I, how do I have them become people who go and shout about what country of the week is to their world? Because that's, that's always been a strong passion of mine. Word of mouth. I, I just think is one of the most, everybody says it's the most valuable form of marketing, but I also think in the same sense, it's also one of the most underappreciated. I think we spend a lot of time, you know, working on Google AdWords or whatever it might be. And we neglect to focus on how could we leverage word of mouth by doing more for us. Now, obviously that looks a lot different in this world than it did my events world, but that's the journey I'm on right now. Very, yeah, yeah. That's so true. I mean, I, I hear that on interviews. I, I see it all the time. People immediately jump to like a paid ad strategy and just so often forget to start with your network. Uh, you know, it sounds like for you, this was your, your personal Facebook page where you started 
this out. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's. I mean, I mean, everybody knows ten people who knows ten people who knows ten people, and if one knows anything about the orders of magnitude, you know, all of a sudden you're talking hundreds and thousands of people. Now, you know, my my offering comes of the week may be a little more niche, but nevertheless, right? You just, I mean, I, I I just had somebody sign up from Australia the other day who you know heard about it from another mom uh, who's who's doing it in in Australia. She posted about it in a Facebook group, said how much fun she was having with it. And it is those types of organic uh, prompts that I want to encourage to happen more frequently. Now, obviously, I'm not going to tell people to go out and do it, but how do I delight people? How do I excite people in a manner that they want to, by their own accord, go out and tell the world about this amazing thing that they found? Yeah. That is what really, really intrigues me. And, and that's that's the path I'm on at the moment. That's so cool. Well, I guess tell me a little bit more about like what's changed in your life. And I know this is probably a lot given that you are in the live events industry, <laughs> but like how, how is this journey uh, ultimately impacted that? Yeah. You know, it's, um, so this first thing I'm going to say is going to sound a little, little out there and, and maybe critical of the special events world. Uh, I certainly don't mean for it to, but the special events world has a large component of what everything might look like. And in some cases to spend endlessly on what that end thing will look like. And you know, the, the expectation that one needs to spend X number of dollars on their wedding gets a little out of control and, and really impacts people sometimes in a pretty negative way. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how many, you know, stories I know of people who spent oodles and oodles of money on their wedding, you know, 30, 40, $60,000 from ultimately unhappy with the result. And where I'm going with this is uh, country of the week and, and the, the adventure that the girls and I have gone on because of it has really made me realize in a more concrete fashion than ever before about the role that money plays in our lives. Because the moment you start experiencing and seeing the role money plays, or maybe simply cannot play in other places around the world, it really makes you kind of look at home a little bit differently. So, I mean, that that's certainly had an impact on, on our lives. But uh, a joke I make is my girls want to go everywhere now. And, and that's not really a joke, but I think it's one of the great successes as well. I mean, I have our youngest daughter. If you were to give her a plane ticket right now, Jared, to a place of her destination, she'd tell you she wants to go to Uganda. Wow. That's right? awesome. How many, how many young girls are there out there that that's the first place on their list? And uh, I mean, it's, it's changed our lives in the sense that I think we look at travel now completely differently. I no longer simply want to go to someplace and just be a tourist. I want to go and experience a place in a way that's, you know, more authentic and maybe more impactful to my family and I than would have otherwise been. And seeing that idea creep into the lives of the families who now interact with country of the week has been really, really wonderful. I, I don't know that I would say transformative, but really, really motivational. I mean, I get messages. I mean, I, mean, I, I got a message just the other day, actually, from one of our families in, in Australia again, and her boy uh, in the school he was was at, they were required to do a, a kind of a, a short little speech on something that they learned about that past year. And he chose to do his speech. She proudly told me on country of the week. And so she recorded it and sent it to me. And I mean, I, I, I just, I can't describe the internal feeling of gratitude and appreciation that I felt for that, 
you know, knowing that this young man now has been impacted by something that love the girls and I just created up at our kitchen table. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. And listening to him as part of his speech rattle off the places he'd love to go now was just incredible. And, uh, you know, I, I love listening to podcasts. So, uh, you know, I was thrilled to be to be on this. But I mean, I've, I've heard plenty of stories on the Tim Ferriss show, for example, about people whose adventures abroad and learning about other places really impacted their lives for good. And even Tim will tell you that. I mean, he spent a year in Japan and he he's spoken many times about the impact that had on his life. So should any of what I'm doing lead someone to take maybe a trip like that? Or maybe they don't, but they just have a different outlook on the world. I mean, I, I just, I can't describe the feeling of satisfaction uh, in knowing that maybe something we did here in our small prairie home in Manitoba uh, did, did something to somebody so impactful. I love this. Well, for anyone out there who's interested in checking out Country of the Week, uh, where do you want to send them? Uh, yeah, they can, uh, I mean, countryoftheweek.world is the domain I ultimately uh, landed up on. So countryoftheweek.world is where people can, uh, people can find out about uh, what it is that we've created. I mean, um, uh, the regular handles are on, uh, you know, social media, Facebook, Instagram, and so on and so forth. If people want to uh, simply download uh, some free activity sheets, um, I do have a special link that people can head to. And uh, from that link, they'll simply get a free download of some of the activity sheets that I've created. And I should say, um, you know, it, it varies from country to country. I've got lots of activity sheets created for some. I've got, you know, fewer uh, for others. And it's very much, I guess, um, a representation of how Country of the Week operates in our house. Sometimes we go deep down a ra- the rabbit hole of a place because there was something really intriguing about it, or we just had lots of family time. Other weeks we don't. So it comes and goes fr- from week to week. And, uh, you know, like I said, we've taken the approach where we plant the seed every week for people to explore a place and then they get to choose how far down that rabbit hole they go. So yeah, countryoftheweek.world slash free activity sheets. And there's a hyphen between free and activity and sheets. So free hyphen activity hyphen sheets. And uh, they can learn a little bit more about what, what it is that we're doing and and how we've, you know, and, and of course, they'll see how we've used some of the Kajabi functionality to deliver that as well. And and hopefully that's uh, that's a learning tool for some people who maybe may just getting started out with this. Yeah, well, great. we'll add those in the show notes as well. So it's easy for you to find. Well, thank you, Dave, for joining us. Absolutely love your story. Love where you've ended up. Really appreciate you joining us today. Well, I, I appreciate it as well, Jared. I mean, you and the whole team have been incredibly supportive. And uh, I mean, that that has certainly been one of the things that's really made me satisfied with my choice of where to put this, where to build Country of the Week. So, you know, on behalf of uh, my two daughters, Kiana and Marika, because I do say that, you know, this is our project together. Uh, we just want to thank you as well for, for all the support and uh, looking forward to seeing where this adventure ultimately takes us as well. Yes. Can't wait to be a part of and follow that journey with you. Similar to what Dave said in terms of sharing that word of mouth. Uh, we, we love that as well. If you don't mind, hop on to your favorite podcast platform, leave a review, share this with your friends. We want to expose this to all kinds of entrepreneurs, aspirational entrepreneurs, anyone who could take advantage of some of this great and hopefully inspiring content. So with that said, thank you all for listening and looking forward to seeing you next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast.